all the nutrition information out there today. Everything's conflicting, completely confusing. How are we supposed to be healthy if even the experts can't agree? This is Outspoken Nutrition. I'm your host, Laura Timbrook, and we're going to break it all down. Hi, guys. Happy Friday. It is Friday the 13th. It is a pretty cool day. So I'm going to bring you something today completely different than our normal programming. So what I am doing today is I have a special guest coming on. He is an American Ninja Warrior, Monstro Ninja Eric Totten. So Eric, thank you so much for joining us. And can you tell us about yourself as the Monstro Ninja? Well, the the Monstro Ninja came from... Uh, a little bit of a side business that I started during my my journey for Ninja Warrior. You know, when I started doing this whole thing and testing obstacles, I actually hurt my hands on a couple things. And I was like, there has to be a better way. So that spawned a company called Monstro Ninja Holds. And that's how people learn to know me. So I just embraced the name. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. And it probably helps a little bit that you're over six foot tall. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So the, the, the symbol for Monstro is a Sasquatch Ninja, which I designed for myself when I started training. And people identify more with the logo than I think anything else. It just looks cool. So <laughs> yeah, that is pretty cool. So can you tell us a little bit how you got started with American Ninja Warrior? Like what got you into doing this? fell into it really uh the, as the story goes i mean i've been watching the show since uh g4 tv you know there was ninja warrior there was probably like every weekend there was 10 hours of um shows of this thing in japan called sasuke and they called it ninja warrior over here and it's just a bunch of people trying obstacles and I, I learned while watching it that only one person had ever completed it and eventually they brought it over here as the American Ninja Challenge. And this was, you're going back 12 years ago now. And just watching it over the years, finally, uh, so it's season nine. So we're going back 2017. Um, I, was, I started watching it with my family. And I was just sitting there with my wife one day. And I was like, wow, you know, this show actually just makes me really happy. And I think at the time I was about 310 pounds. And she just looks at me and goes, so do it. And like I, I, I use the hashtag find your spark a lot just because I don't know what fire got lit up my ass that night. <laughs> I was like, all right, well, tomorrow I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put a warp wall in the backyard. And she's like, well, you still got to hang the shelves in the walls. Like, I don't care. I think I'm going to put up a warp wall in the backyard. <laughs> And she she literally went with me to the lumber to the lumber yard that morning. We woke up. She was like, "So are we going to buy lumber today?" It's like, uh, "Yeah." And she helped me build a warp wall in the backyard, and that was the that was the beginning of it. And I you know I started swapping interests on Facebook, finding more and more things about Ninja Warrior. And within a month, I was not ready for it, but I was at a competition that I learned of in some kid's backyard. Oh my goodness! And. I show up and I'm like, I look at my friend. I'm like, I see ninjas. <laughs> like there were people from the show there. No and way. Like, they're just so, yeah. And it's just what they do when they're outside of the show. They compete wherever they can. And it was just awesome. I did terrible. I think I, I think I completed one obstacle, but it doesn't, it didn't matter. That kind of the, you get hooked on that community at that point because you can, you can just jump from one step to another. They're like, yes. And you're, okay. <laughs> that's pretty wild. That, that, I didn't know that that's really how a lot of those ninjas 
you know, you see them on TV and you have this, I guess, this image in your head that they're all in these fancy gyms and fancy parkour courses, but yet it's some kid's backyard. That's kind of awesome. Yeah, that really, that is kind of how, how it is now is there's just gyms popping up everywhere. I mean, in New Jersey, there's probably 30 of them, but, uh, it, before that it was whoever wanted to set up a, a backyard course you know ninjas would go to compete and sometimes for nothing sometimes for you know, a five dollar trophy from you know a cheap dollar store or something like that just to show up and compete against other ninjas and see how they do on any kind of course oh that's awesome now i'm assuming when you it was only a month into you getting into your goal essentially so you had to still be at that point pretty big to be competing at something that's typically people are rather small and tiny yeah and i still deal with that (laughs) (laughs) i i I like to say i'm probably one of the heaviest competitors or official competitors to ever be on the show there has been people who've walked on but uh it's i i think when i competed at that point i was still about 270 280 wow i was down about 20 something pounds in the first month and um it i can do i've always been able to do a, a couple pull-ups so as big as i was i was pretty strong uh but it's there's so much technique involved in doing this ninja stuff oh. it, it's ridiculous that's crazy so tell us a little bit about once you set this goal out to i'm gonna climb a warp wall how long did it take you to get on top of that warp wall in your backyard <laughs> Believe it or not, I've actually never climbed the top of my warp wall in my backyard. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, so, I, yeah, I learned a lot about uh, warp balls going on. That's a whole nother story. But um, <laughs> I had started taking ninja classes, and this is kind of where I really started learning the technique. I found a parkour place, and it's, it's really just a bunch of parkour structures, and they had a warp wall there, and they focus on exercises that pertain to Ninja Warrior. It's it's all relative. And I was like, I've never been able to go to the warp wall. And this, I think this kid was like 20 years old. He's like, well, we don't normally let people do what the warp wall um, on their first class because we have one in your backyard. Let's see if we can get you up it. And I think the first try, I actually grabbed the top of it. And I was like, why was that oh, so wow. easy? One, because I had coaching. Two, because uh, I found out that my warp wall was built to be very difficult. <laughs> so, oh, there you go. Yeah, there's there's a lot in terms of curvature and how they're built. But um, yeah, I, I got out the warp wall. He's like, now get up on top of it. And I realized that grabbing the damn thing is the first battle. Pulling your big ass up it, that's <laughs> that's the real, the real battle. Um, and I couldn't actually, you know, pull myself on top of it. And eventually, eventually I did. And probably... I'd say maybe two, three, four months after I started my training, I could probably I could do about any warp wall. That's pretty, that's really significant. That's an awesome achievement on that. So tell us a little bit about your training and your nutritional regimen look like. Uh, well, it started out as pretty much, I, I don't believe in trendy diets. Um, you know, I've followed things in the past, but I've never been like, oh my God, I got to cut out all carbs. Um, for me, it was more of a common sense diet. Like I, I was the kind of guy we'd go to call, we'd go to Taco Bell and, you know, my wife would get a value meal, a couple tacos. My son would get a couple tacos and I order like the big box, a side burrito and, and maybe two more tacos on the side. It was like a $45 bill for three of us and 30 of it was me. And then when, you know, my son couldn't finish his tacos, I'd finish his. So 
I just said, if, you know, if I, I need to get lighter, I need to get, you know, in, in better shape for all of this. Uh, so if we're going to go out and eat, then I can't order, you know, two appetizers and a meal. I have to order just the one thing. Right. And then sometimes that's all you really need to do is just kind of cut down, you know, yeah. don't eat the, don't eat the damn cheesecake. You know, don't get um, a bacon cheeseburger with onion rings and stuff yep. like that. It, it, you know, I, I've always liked salad. So I started focusing on just eating salad. When I was home, I wouldn't eat um, cookies for snacks. I would just kind of, I'd grab some broccoli and maybe put some vinegar and pepper on it and, and eat it like that. It's not the most enjoyable thing in the world, but, you know, I, I could tolerate it and I knew it was better for me. That's awesome. You know, that's, that's so true. You know, obviously I'm not a huge fan of trendy diets. If anyone has listened to this podcast before, and I love the idea of just, you know, common sense nutrition, you know, just don't eat like an asshole, eat your effing veggies. You know, it's two basic concepts that a lot of times we don't need these strict, crazy diets. Um, to reach goals, yeah. we could do it a little bit easier. Well, the problem with the strict crazy diets is that, yeah, everyone will lose weight if you follow it for the first week. And then you're going like, wow, I'm down 17 pounds. Well, that's because you just, you know, peed out most of it. Yep. And you're not eating, you know, a cheesecake factory meal that's got 4,000 milligrams of sodium in it. That's causing you to retain all the water. <laughs> exactly. And, you know, so many of these trendy diets, like you said, they'll work initially. And then we see... I call it the slingshot effect and it's the backlash on it and it's the weight's going to come back. And if it's not going to come back because you can't stick to it, it's going to come back in the form of stress most often, because a lot of times, you know, the first week, yeah, we can power through things. We feel better. You have that initial like water weight loss and mm. there's a bigger initial wow factor. But then by week two, week Three, we are over it. We are tired. We are cranky. We just want a fucking cupcake. And <laughs> <laughs> I had a cupcake the other day. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> and it just goes downhill. So I like the fact that you've used that common sense nutrition for you. And it probably has kept you even more on the path of reaching your goal because you took that stress level out of it. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. And, and, and there's a big... A big factor of it is listening to your body and realizing how you function as an individual, which none of these diets ever cover. There's not a single diet out there that will that will tell you this. And um, you got to have a day, whether it's once a month or even sometimes once a week, you got to have a day where, you know what, if you want a cupcake, eat yep. the damn cupcake. Exactly. You know, don't lose, don't lose your soul to the, to the soulless diet. And it, Exactly. I love that. I might be stealing that quote. <laughs> <laughs> you really, you really have to kind of, you know, every once in a while give in, but do it, you know, under control. Like I, I know for me that I need to wake up and I need to have my protein shake and then I just need to go about my business. And and there's some days where I, I like, I'm like, I'm cold. I woke up, I'm hungry and I want to eat something and it could be a bowl of cereal, but mentally the moment I, I break that, like I, I, if I start taking in that cereal or I eat pop tarts, which pop tarts are so bad, um, that sets my tone for the day. Yeah, I'll eat those pop tarts, and then at lunch I'll forget all about the shake, and then I'll make a, I'll make some spaghetti and meatballs or something, and and I wonder why I just gained two, three pounds in one day. It's because I didn't follow my normal regimen. Yeah, 
and you know, mentally that really does a lot when you start off the day on a mm -hmm. bad foot, because then it's that, that self disappointment where it's like, well, I just screwed it up. I might as well continue down the path of yeah. debauchery, you know, but if you start off on that good foot and a lot of times if someone has that slip up, you know, midday, it's a little bit easier to pull yourself out of that because you did good in the morning. So it's like, okay, you know, I ate that. I probably shouldn't have, but I did this in the morning. So you make a really good. Yeah. Point it's there. very, it's very big to set your, set your tone for the day. And then there's some days where I set my goals where like I, I was the leanest I ever was probably about uh, 17 years ago, 18 years ago. I think I was 20, 21. And I had a rule for myself. It was my first big weight loss ever, you know, after being the fat kid my whole life. I, I guess she started to get a six pack, but the rule for myself was I would never eat past 6 p.m. And that worked for me at the time. And then, of course, you know, you, you meet your the woman who's about to be your wife and you stop really caring about diet and the stress of the stress of life kicks in. We're living on our own and blah, blah, blah. And you know, it was a downward spiral from there. I think even when you met me, I had started a diet regimen with around this time my son was born, but you know, 10 years ago and I had lost some weight initially, but you know, you kick back in, but you know, I saw the other, even the other day, I was like, you know, I'm going to commit to that. I'm, I'm going to not eat past six tonight, regardless of what happens. And I know I won't sleep which is another, another battle you have internally with yourself. I, I knew I yeah. wasn't going to sleep that night, but I committed to not sleeping and I knew it was going to be rough. I was like, but I, and the next day I woke up and I, I felt light and I felt ready to go. And then of course it was Saturday and we were going to the movie, but, and then I was like, that's kind of my day where I, I am going to treat myself a little bit. And, you know, I had a big pretzel at the movie and some nacho cheese. <laughs> <laughs> But that, that, you know, that's good. And I like to see that you're still, because, you know, what you do also, and I'm sure, you know, it carries forth to your kids. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you're an amazing role model for your kids being an athlete, but still living a fun life. I mean, I know, I know a lot of athletes and, you know, a few of them are really strict with their diet and they're high level athletes. And I mean, it's amazing to see them do what they do and the mental fortitude that they have to do it. So I commend you on finding a happy balance that really Thanks. works it's, for you. With kids, it's tough because they just want to eat everything. And, yeah. you know, as I, like, I grew up being made fun of a lot and you know, just not by, you know, uh, kids at school, but you know, by you know members of my family because of my weight. Like I, I was always just a big, enormous person. Just, I mean, I think I was six foot two when I was a freshman in high school and about 280 pounds. So it's, I had to keep telling my kids, don't be me, you know, don't, yeah. don't, you know, go down the rabbit hole of eating all of the snack packs in one sitting because that's literally <laughs> what I would used to do. I, I remember, I think, or back in the early '90s, they came out with this instant pudding thing that you could just, I think, mix some cold milk with a powder and it turned into chocolate pudding. Oh my goodness, I don't remember that. Yeah, it was disgustingly delicious at the time, and I would just sit there and eat it nonstop. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I was, you know, the architect of my own demise back then, but that also came from having you know, pretty lenient parents right. and being very independent and you no know, one stopped me. So, I mean, my kids are, are trying to grow up and I, and they're big. I mean, my, my 10 year old is five foot one. Wow. 
Um, oh my goodness. So your 10 year old is the size of my 14 year old. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's, uh, he's, he's big. He wears a men's size nine shoe. Wow. He is going to be one tall kid. And like I said, you are always going to be a big person. There's no, con- there's no yeah. controlling that, you know, you're always going to be massive. The only thing you can control is really how massive you get. And there's times where he wants to sit there and eat a whole pizza. Yeah. And I, and I ha- he doesn't like it, but I have to tell him like, you, you need to stop after that slice. Like you just, you know, tone it in, especially cause he does ninja classes too. And, and during the, the fall and winter, he does football, which of course you do want to bulk up a little bit for football, right. but he gets into the habit of eating one dinner before football and then a dinner after football. So we have to like really kind of tone it down so he doesn't gain too much weight. And it, it's tough with kids because a lot of parents don't have that control. And he has, he has friends that were told they can't play. Like they'll practice with the team, but they can't play the games because they're overweight. Oh, that's gotta be, Oh my goodness. That's so hard. Yeah. There's at least two kids I think on, on his team this year that every Saturday during a football game, they have to weigh in the kids and he would weigh in 20 oh. pounds overweight. And he can he has to sit there and watch his team play. Oh my goodness. Play. I I feel for those kids because just the the impact that's gonna have on their life moving forward. That's oh man, that's that's rough. Yeah. And I think I think later on in the season he was asked if he wanted to play up a couple grades, but now you're stuck playing with people who are more experienced. They're already yeah. bigger than you in height and in terms of body control and it's it's rough yeah, and it's you know it's rough on the parent and not to get totally all top off topic but it's hard because you know you're told you can't put your kids on a diet but then you can't do this and you can't do that and sometimes kids are just bigger kids and how do you how, how do you manage that and that's kind of you know probably a topic for another mm. episode but that's that's good but i'm glad to see that your kids are into fitness and i was actually just going to ask you what has being an athlete how's that affected your kids they 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 deal with it <laughs> they they definitely deal with it um my my youngest my my 5 year old another big one like i said he's he's 4 feet tall i think at 5 years old um he's he's kind of used to me leaving cuz he's he's grown up with it it's i've been doing this for 3 years so since he you know as long as he can remember i've been leaving at nights to either go you know train in a ninja gym where i drive the usual drive is about an hour away for most for most of the gyms that I go to, he he loves to to get physical and and do stuff. He wants to go to ninja class so bad, but he's just not really old enough yet. Um, oddly enough, next year, six six years old, he can start competing in local competitions. Um, and he and he wants to do it. He's just used to me leaving. My oldest, who you know, as long as you've known me, I've been home with him. You know, so for the first, he was seven when I started this. So the first seven years of his life, I've always been there. I've always been home. So, you know, even when I go up and I have my coat on, I, I go tell him I'm leaving and he gets this like sad look on his face. I was like, dude, just, I'm going to the ninja gym. Yeah. You know, it's time. And even when I just go to the gym and I'm not going to be there for bedtime, he gets that sad look on his face. Like, you're not going to be Aww. here for bedtime. But he knows that I, I have to go train, especially now that I got the call to be on Ninja Warrior again this season. Um, you know, he, he knows I have to do what I have to do. And that's good. That's a good lesson for him moving forward. You know, he remember that, that, you know, when dad had to do things, he, he went out and did it and he smashed them. And actually, let's talk about that. So you were on American Ninja Warrior in 2018 for season 10, was it? Yeah. And now you just got the call to be on the upcoming season 12, correct? 
I did. That is so cool. And for anybody that wants to see it, you actually, your wife recorded you getting that call. So it's on your Instagram page, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I'll put that in the show notes. I'll link it there and um, definitely go check out Eric's page because it's pretty cool. So you want to tell everybody what your Instagram and Facebook page are? So face, uh, Facebook, I believe, is um, ET Ninja. So it's Eric Totten Ninja Warrior. You can you can find that pretty easily. But most of my followings on Instagram, which is at the Monstro Ninja. Awesome. And do we know when your episode will be going live? It's tough to say. Generally, I um, the the season starts to show end of May with a special episode. And then they'll start the city qualifiers shortly after that. So this is the second filming that they're doing for my region. So it, if anything, I'd say second, third week in June at most. And then there's going to be a break for the Olympics somewhere. Right. So you haven't recorded this yet, have you? No, no. I, I know nothing about the course. We don't, we don't find anything out until about five hours before filming starts. Oh, wow. And now you're filming in Washington, D.C., is that correct? Yeah. Yep. Awesome. And an indoor filming, which is going to be amazing. Oh, wow. <laughs> They're always outdoors, aren't they? They've uh, up until last year, they've always been outdoors. So you, you go there and if it's cold, it's cold. Oh man. I mean, it's sometimes it's a little misty. Sometimes it's a little you know rainy, but it's, uh, I was there in Baltimore, um, to support some friends and we froze our butts off all night like it was about 45 and we're right on the harbor and it was it was definitely cold uh but last year i did test the course in seattle and that was the first ever indoor filming which was absolutely awesome because there was no weather no wind it was just amazing and then this year they making most i think all but la our indoor oh, that's pretty cool. Well, we will definitely be watching to see how you do and following you on Instagram. And I am really excited that you got the call back, that you're able to compete again, that you're been an amazing role model for your family, for your kids. And I know you couldn't do this without the support of your family. So kudos to them. Yeah, you have no idea how supportive. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, there are days where I'm like, do I want to go compete at an Oakland Ninja competition? And it's like it's five hours away, and my wife will poke me at like 7 a.m. She's like, you need to be in Buffalo yeah, today. Get that's awesome. Kudos to her for supporting you the way she does, so you could do what you love. And I am so glad to have you on an episode of Outspoken Nutrition. And today is actually Friday the 13th. So that's pretty cool. That's a lucky day. It is. It's an awesome day. (laughs) So hopefully this will give you the good luck moving forward. And I hope to interview you again, hopefully after you compete in Washington, D.C. And you can tell us a little bit about how it was. Absolutely. Okay, cool. Well, thank you so much, Eric, for joining us. And I hope everybody has a great day. Enjoy your Friday and don't forget to eat your effing veggies. I'll talk (laughs) to you next week.